0: Good afternoon and welcome to Lambda Weekly. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with Lauren Landis. Today's Patty's birthday, so she took the afternoon off. Uh, our guests today are Jade LaDuff and Mick Rose. They are from Black Trans Advocacy Coalition. Uh, we had Carter and Cosette on, what was it, about a month ago? A little, little over a month ago, yeah. Um, and they're always so much fun. So They are. They sent more of the crew over.
1: I sent more of the crew over, and they sent us gifts. Thank you all. Thank all of you. Uh, some great uh, t shirts I'll be pl- proudly wearing.
0: Ah, good. Yeah. Um, you have your uh, conference, your annual conference, coming up April 25th to 30th. Do you want to just start off by telling us a little bit about the conference?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So the 10th annual Black Trans Advocacy Conference is going to be, like you said, April 25th through the 30th. Uh, we have a bunch of events going on from workshop sessions to nightly events as well. We have a different nightly event every night from Trans Manifest we have on the Wednesday. Then that Thursday we have our pageant. Friday we have our awards gala. Saturday is our fun day. That's what we call our Monica Roberts Family Fun Day. And then after that we have our ball. So it's gonna be a bunch of a bunch of fun that we have during the week. Um, outside of us having what we like to say is fun, we also do a bunch of educational empowerment sessions. Um, it's centered around us. When I say us, I mean black, trans, and non-binary people. So it's a time where we come together, educate, and pretty much have fellowship with each other. Now this is the 10th
1: anniversary of the conference, correct? Yes. Right. But this is the first time you've had it since. 2019, is that right? Mm-hmm. Obviously because of COVID. Right. Um, do you all anticipate having more or about the same as the last time it was there, Yeah, it was held?
2: I would say more, more simply because we weren't able to have it. Uh, we have been able to you know, advocate and com- have community online, mm-hmm. but there's nothing like holding space in person. Absolutely. So that's what everybody's looking forward to. For a lot of us, uh, this is our family. So being able to come together and really just be in the flesh with each other is something that's completely different, and I think that's what everybody's looking forward to this year.
0: And it's one of the most fun conferences held every year in Dallas. That's what I hear. I just don't need to go. You do need to, I need to Just go. stop by just for an afternoon. Yeah, hour. I think I will this time. Um, so the issues that you discuss, and I got this off of your website, you have a, a list of about six or seven uh, things that are the main concerns. Let's start off with um, Be. Because this is what's coming up in the legislature, health equality. Do you want to comment on that?
3: you have any specific questions around health equality or are you asking- No, just just in in
0: general, general? just in general, let's start with that. I
3: mean, I think the general thing that we've been probably talking about since the last time that I was uh, here on the show is, the need and desire to have um, equitable access to health care. And it seems to be the same conversation that we're having in 2023, that we've had in 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, and now 2023, and far, far beyond that. Um, Well, far, far before that, Uh, so I think the biggest thing is that I'm not sure what else um needs to be proven. Um you know we have WPATH and we have all of the different um you know proof that you need to show why health access and healthcare for trans and GNC people is life-saving um medicine or life-saving uh work that needs to be done and and I'm 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 still not clear as to why we're, we're having this conversation yeah um in a, a state that um clearly wants us to be here
0: yeah
1: yeah,
3: well
1: <clears throat> I want to back it up a little bit let you know we talk about the conference let's talk about the the group uh the coalition in itself. what is it when was it started? I just found out before the show that is it was actually uh one started one year, and another started the year after that, which I didn't know. Can you talk a little bit about that, uh, the, those creations, and what, what what is the coalition?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I can speak to that one. So, uh, B Tech started off as BTMI. Uh, that was in 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was my first year actually coming around to um, to what it was then, which was BTMI, which stood for Black Trans Men Inc. And then in 2012 came BTWI. The coalition stands for BTMI and BTWI as a collective. So it's pretty much like an umbrella, and then up under those umbrellas you have the separation between those.
1: So the first year was, it's just it was just the Black Trans Men. Mm-hmm. Second year Black Trans Women.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Yeah, great. like puzzle pieces, put it all together, and then you have BTAC. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. Um.
0: You know, it's we've discussed this so many times with so many different trans people and trans groups Mm -hmm. that I hope our listeners know the reason for this. Why is it so important?
2: It's important to me, I'll say, because I needed it, and I know what it feels like to need something. When I say I needed it, I mean that I needed to have this community. I needed to be able to see representation from people who were like me, who were further along in their journey. Who understood exactly what I was going through at the time, who understood the needs that I had at the time there's a difference to me in doing research online and going and reading music uh, reading i'm sorry reading magazines and reading online articles versus being able to literally sit next to someone and have that shoulder that you can lean on and have someone who can be a sounding board who can also give you some sound advice so that's one of the main reasons why I can definitely say that it's important to me personally um Overall, being able to have that is something that's, that's needed across the board for everybody. We all need something and someone at some time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I, I can just imagine. So, like, I, I, I try and compare it to when coming out. I remember the first time I went to a gay bar, and it was just like, oh my God, like you said, Jay, I'm not othered. Mm-hmm. Everybody here is just like me, yeah, so you no know, nobody's like Jade.
2: <laughs> <laughs> one me, of one except me, yeah.
3: I mean, but we're all one of one, right I yeah. think that that's the that's the the golden the golden rule that I realized a long time ago is that you know there's never an opportunity for me to be in competition with anyone other than myself because there's no other person like me, and we all have that same individuality, but I did want to um say that you know, not being othered or being in a place where there's 200 or 300 other people that have a similar walk of life that can speak to your journey and the things that you've experienced and have yet to experience. And, like, that's just something that we, I think, take for granted. Sometimes people in general take for granted. Um, When you think about people that have had the opportunity to be around their grandparents or, you know, people... um, other other you know communities that you know it's it's really an honor and it's it's something that helps us to grow and develop as people um, in the world so you know
1: so before you all be, be, uh, got involved with the coalition mm-hmm. how many interactions just personally had had you had with other trans individuals either black trans women or trans women in general or black trans men
2: i had one it was, a, it was a black trans man, but I didn't know until he was out of my life that he was a trans man, so.
1: Interesting, was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so you never had the opportunity to like even conversate with him nope. about it? Nope. Interesting, wow.
3: I didn't know trans people were, trans people were um, in existence until I was an adult and you know, I was doing research and I know I constantly felt othered, and I'm like, okay, maybe this other thing is is actually something. Right. Um, but my first time knowing a trans person was, um, or having a conversation with a trans person was Monica.
1: Okay, oh yeah. Yeah,
3: and I met her in Houston yeah, at a bowl alley. Yeah, we gallery. love
1: Monica. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, yeah. And it was just, it was so crazy because I was like, just... Uh, uh, gobsmacked, you know, awestruck. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, like, what do I say? And um, any, anyway, it's just, yeah.
1: And then, you know, again, I think you brought up a good point, uh, Mick. When you read stuff online, reading, you know, even going to counselors, mm-hmm. that still can't replace meeting, conversating with someone directly in front of you. You can touch them. Um, And they can give you direct experience about what it was like for them. Not that your journey would be the exact same, um, necessarily, but that's just irreplaceable.
0: Right, right. Okay, Monica was my go to um, professional journalism conferences person with. And um, when you go to the LGBT uh, journalism conferences, There's the gay people who work in the mainstream press, Uh and then there's the people who work in the gay press. And the people who work in mainstream press think they're a lot better than the rest of us. Monica did not put up with that one bit. Mm -mm. She was a pleasure to be at these conferences with because I can just picture her folding her arms, turning her head halfway toward some personality on CNN, and just going, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I miss we, Monica. We, we, yeah, we all miss Monica. Absolutely. So let's talk about your, your, your journeys. Um, I know you, you, you know you mentioned the reasons why you need to be a part of this, but how did you even arrive to it? How did you, how did you arrive to um, the realization that you are indeed trans?
2: Um. I think now, thinking back in hindsight, it was always there, but I didn't, couldn't put a definition, so to say, on it. Um, yeah, that's really all I. That's say what about.
0: most people who I've spoken to who are trans have said. They always knew. Yeah. But if they were in a position like you that had never met another trans person, mm-hmm. right? I know this about myself, but it doesn't quite make sense.
1: Yeah. Because yeah. I don't know anybody like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And ten or so years ago, there really wasn't any trans people in the media. Yeah, that I that think we, of that we know of that we know of. We know of. Yeah. Correct.
3: There were um, a several trans folk, um, especially like actresses um, mm-hmm. that you know operated under the radar right. um, mm-hmm. for you know obvious reasons at right. the time. Um, but, you know, the research is definitely there um around, you know, people that were like more known mm-hmm. but now we're coming to find, you know, that these people were actually, you know, T G folk or, oh. you know, people that were non binary or what have you. So.
1: so what prompted you to take that first step, like, okay, this is something I need to explore more. I I think there's other people out there who like me. You know, like I you know, again, when I came out, um, I didn't know any gay people. Really, but we knew. I grew up in Dallas, Fort Worth. We knew we, everybody joked and talked about Oak Lawn. Mm-hmm. So I knew that there was a spot, there was this place for people like me. And when I became of age, I was going to go out there. And of course I did. But I had never met anybody from out there, but I knew that there was a place existed. Yeah. Um, but You guys didn't know any place Mm -hmm. um, that existed uh, for trans people, and you didn't even know any trans people.
3: Well, it's kind of weird. Like, I grew up in New Orleans, Uh and um, there are a lot of trans people in New Orleans, apparently. Um, I didn't know them when I lived there, Mm -hmm. and I think it's a testament to how sheltered my Mm -hmm. life was growing up. Um, I think my parents, well, I don't think, my parents were very um, intentional about sheltering Mm -hmm. me uh, because they knew then Mm-hmm. They probably do then that, you know, they had a daughter and they were just like, "Hmm, my daughter looks different than other people's daughters right now, so <laughs> let me make sure that I, you know, keep an eye on you and mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it it became a bit much uh-huh.
0: when Did your parents accept you from the beginning?
1: I was just about, uh, yeah.
3: My mother was the the one who I thought would not be mm-hmm. as accepting, um but surprisingly she was the from day one, super supportive. My Hmm. father um, wasn't as, he, he, I guess, didn't understand. Um, And I find that sometimes it's a lot more difficult for dad sometimes, uh, at least in my experience. Um, But eventually, uh, in probably, I guess, a year before he passed away, we had like a real, you know, good um, conversation, and we came to a really good place, which was kind of unfortunate, you know, that we came to such a great place, and then, you know, he passed away like several a few months later. Um, but so, I guess, you know, I do have a experience where they're supportive, mm-hmm. but no
1: different. What about you, Mick, How how embracing or not embracing has your family and friends
2: been? Um, so I guess me and Jay's story is kind of the same but flipped, so it would be the opposite where. Um, My father was up front more, a little bit more supportive than my mother, but then towards towards the end um, with my mom, we did have a final conversation, and she was like, I see you, and no matter what anyone says to me or says about you, you'll always be that man. I think for me growing up, I I always had like a masculine touch to me, Um, so it was always, like I said, there. Um, and even them, you know, maybe them them not being educated on exactly what you know it is to be trans. So here I come, and so now we all have to have this educational session together, mm-hmm. and we have to go through it and transition together. Um, but mm-hmm. for the most part, yeah, they were supportive. I think it's just things such as pronouns, calling me by my name that I want to be called instead of the name that they gave me, mm-hmm. um, and things like that. But for, I can say that uh, they were supportive. They have always been supportive. My father's still living. I have an amazing relationship with my dad now. That's um, awesome. Yeah, I do. And I think also coming into my situation was a little bit different because I didn't tell my parents until after I had already been, began therapy. So it was a, hey, here's my approved letter for Mm -hmm. me to begin HRT, and so it was, oh, you've already been taking the necessary steps to take care of yourself and been doing this all on your own without us even knowing. So that changed the dynamic with my mother, and it was okay.
1: But you know, I think that's probably, not that it's not a smart way to do it, everybody's journey is different, but I think that might be a really smart way to do it. Go to therapy, make sure you are mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, get the necessary tools to stand up for yourself, whatever they may be, mm-hmm. before you start telling other people. I yeah. think that's a great idea.
2: And I've always had the attitude also that I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I've never had a problem with cutting people out of my life, whether you're family or not. So to be honest, even at that point, I was already an adult, and I had already been on my own for so long that it was a, hey, this is where it is, and this is where I am now, no matter what you all know how i am and i have no problem with us having that separation if needed as well so i think kind of presenting it in that way and then also the backdoor with the hey i've already been doing this i'm going to do it regardless versus i'm I, I can't do this without you made a huge Oh that difference. is
1: yeah very I, very good.
3: I point. also think like on the on the other end of that like i think about had i had the opportunity to learn um, more about myself at an earlier age. Um, you know, I always ask myself, what would I, what would I have told, or what would I tell my younger self? Right. You know, experiencing the things that I experienced, and, um, and, and you would have told yourself, get help. Well, I would have told myself, you know, girl, just go ahead and you know, live your life and be who, like, you, be are. who you are. Right. Exactly, because yeah. the, the world around me treated me. Just as the world around me treated me as I was, you know, a young lady, a little girl. Even the kids around me, Mm -hmm. they would always, you know, we played like house and um, we used to play um, this game where we used to like make a city. Uh Uh, So we had like a mayor and we had like a preacher and the preacher's wife and all these things. And And every time I would
1: always be. You the preacher's wife. I
3: would either be (laughs) the preacher's wife, the mayor's wife, you know, I was always someone's wife and or. You know, a feminine um, role. Right, right. And, you know, I tell people all the time kids are the most uh, beautiful representation of innocence and the truth. Yeah. And yeah. if they knew then, yeah. I mean,
0: well,
1: where was the shock? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, we need to take a break. Uh, we'll
0: You're be- listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON FM. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with Laurent Landis. Jade LaDuff and Mick Rose are our guests. They're from the Black Trans Advocacy Coalition. And we'll be back with more Lambda Weekly right after this.
3: Hi, this is Candy Markham and I listen to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 K-N-O-N-F-M. Listen.
0: And this is Lambda Weekly. We're talking to Jade LaDuff and Mick Rose from Black Trans Advocacy Coalition. Um, Two of you were just, uh, before the break, telling your stories. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, one thing you said, Mick, was that You kind of walked masculine, Mm -hmm. um, had masculine characteristics. Mm -hmm. Every trans person that I know, who I knew before they transitioned, when they did transition, it was like,
2: oh yeah, that
0: makes sense. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's how it was for me when I um, talked to a few of my high school classmates. When they found out, they were like, oh well, I'm not surprised. Interesting. So, yeah, and Interesting. a few of them were like, mm-hmm, "Finally, <laughs> kind of, <laughs> kind of type of
1: situation." But yeah. So, so you, okay. go ahead. So part of your story, um, you know, your journey with your family, and I like how you put they had trans dr- transition with you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but part of I what I like about your story is that probably what made them embrace you sooner than later. Is that some possibly you already had some some people in your family that laid the groundwork for yeah. otherness? You have other LGBT family members, is that correct?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. I have an older sister who identifies as lesbian, mm-hmm. and I have a, a older cousin who identifies as a gay male. So we already had LGBT in our family. They pretty much had already kicked the doors open and, you know, did what needed to be done. Right. Um as far as understanding and respecting the life period mm-hmm. and respecting people, I am so say. Um and then I just came and added the tea.
1: <laughs> there you go. So, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I, I just think that's great. I have a couple of um LGB people in my family. No trans members that I know of yet. Uh, same thing with my husband, um, that we think one might be trans. Not sure. But I think that just that helps when could you, when you're coming out either in society or at work or with your family members, you're helping pave the way for somebody else, Mm -hmm. and you don't even realize it.
3: Yeah, and kind of in my family, um, and I think it may be synonymous with um, black communities in general. um, Again, not speaking for all black community, that there were people in my family that were, you know, gay, by you know, there might have even been some trans people that I don't know of. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it was one of those things that people knew, but they wouldn't talk about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, you know, I had a cousin um, who, you know, is no longer with us um, who was just amazing. Um, one of the dancers for Michael Jackson back in the day. Oh, nice. And, you know, everyone was like, oh, cousin Pookie, cousin Pookie, you know, that was just this, you know, larger-than-life character. Mm-hmm. And um, but no one ever talked about, you know, the reality that you know cousin Pookie was gay, right? And cousin Pookie right. had a husband. Like, <laughs> like, this is a real thing, right? Um, but everyone knew, but you just didn't talk about it, right? So I think that kind of carries over. And, and <laughs> when you
0: say, um, Lauren, that most people don't know that whether or not they had trans people in their family, trans was a thing, because trans is just who you are mm-hmm. but you had no way of expressing it until right. fairly recently right and by fairly recently i mean like the last 70 years or so
3: yeah yeah i mean you know not that everyone knows this but i am a vampire so i'm about 245 <laughs> <laughs> mm. well, you're, just,
0: an, and it's kidding. only recently that you've transitioned right right, right 70 right. years ago so mm-hmm.
1: right so you bring up a good point when you say you know you, do, you don't want to generalize the black community but mm. Let's talk about that because I think that has been an issue in most black, commun- uh, black families. That You're right, uh, when it comes to the LGBT issues, it's swept under the rug. i want to talk about it. Right. But especially when it comes to trans issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think finally, maybe coming around with, you know, embracing or accepting that somebody is gay or lesbian. Uh, but the T, mm-hmm. that's a whole other battle yeah. of worms. Yeah. You know, I just watch. Um, and I had to stop myself, but you know I am. I am so delighted when I read all the stories about zaya Wade, um, mm-hmm. Dwayne Wade, and Gabrielle Union's uh, daughter and her transition. Mm-hmm. And but when you read the comments yeah. under those stories from black people, mm-hmm. from right. her, it's yeah. it's it's incredibly disheartening.
3: Yeah, and um, a lot of it is is in nothing against um, religion or religious folk, um, but a lot of it comes from the religious. Uh, Angle, And the biggest thing that, and I'm not overly religious or, or, you know, I'm more spiritual than anything else, but one of the things that I remember, you know, when people used to traipse me around to all these different churches and whatnot in New Orleans, they always talked about loving your neighbor and, you know, um, how no one can judge you and, you know, you can only be judged by your creator and all these things that I remember when I was little Mm-hmm. but now all of a sudden that's kind of gone out the window mm-hmm. and apparently you can judge anyone you choose you know everyone is you know if you're not doing exactly this this and this then you're going here and you're and i don't understand where was when when did we get off of the when did we get off the same train of you know love is love and and loving your neighbor and when did we get off that train i don't all Right. i all right. Missed, must have missed that
0: um, you section? know one of the reasons that i started off with health equality is because of what you just said um, about, you know, gay, you just come out. Uh Trans, there are hormones involved, and you know, like uh, you said, Mick, you had uh, the paper that's certified Uh from your therapist Uh that yes,
1: indeed, you are transgender. Um, Well, real quick, let's say, most of the time, or sometimes, home runs are involved. Not every transfer yes, person. Correct. Does right, that. correct.
0: Right, right, right. Um, earlier this week, I met the president of Youth First. Youth First is a program over at Resource Center, and one person's, uh, one young person is in charge of being the liaison between Resource Center and the group, mm-hmm. and making sure the group stays on track, and they uh, he puts together programming for them. So, um, I met him with his family, and that's the, the thing that I find really heartening. Because he is a, I think, freshman in high school. And his parents and brother and sister are all on board with it. To his brother and sister, that's just normal.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And to his parents, they were so thankful for a program like Youth First because it's a program that supports them. Yeah, supports all of them.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
3: yeah and I think the biggest takeaway is that if people are able to internally in their own families and you know in their own community access and come up with solutions that are like I said earlier life-saving solutions to you know no one I can't speak for everyone but there are very few people that can tell a person who's trans or non-binary or GNC what um, how it feels to be that in that space you know no one can tell me you know, how it feels to to not feel like yourself when you are an an existing person and you're waking up every day and something just doesn't feel right based on how the world is Mm -hmm. um, telling me I have to be or telling me what I, uh, you know, the way I need to show up in the world. And there's nothing more liberating than, you know, that, that. That time where I was, you know, I I was able to be my most authentic self, Uh and I wouldn't change it for the world.
0: So this year marks 50 years since I came out. 50 years. Wow. I don't know how that can be since I'm only in my extremely late 40s. We're going to
3: nickname you 50 Cent.
0: (laughs) 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 But um, my school had a gay alliance. We were one of the first schools with a gay alliance. Mm and one of the local radio stations contacted us and wanted some people to come on a talk show, a call-in talk show. I was so unprepared for these questions because my family was very accepting. In fact, it was my mother who told me that I was gay, basically. She she worked at Sarah Lawrence College, which was, and still is, big lesbian school. Uh, And um, so she knew a lot of LGBT people. Um, you know, and she just, we were sitting talking one day and she just said, you know, everybody has to just live their life and be who they are. And she was telling me it's okay Yeah. if I am without using those words. So anyway, I'm on this talk show and I will never forget the first caller. Does your family accept you? And I didn't know how to answer that. And I said something like, do they accept me? I accept them, they accept me, we're a family.
3: Right, All right. why can't it be that simple?
0: Mm-hmm. And to me, it was that simple. Mm-hmm. But that question has haunted me over the years because it never occurred to me that every family didn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, you, yeah, you you are in the fortunate minority. Yep, yep. you really yeah. are. And I realized that. Yeah. You know, at my wedding, my cousins came, uh, and I said to them, ooh, before Brian and I get married, I need to tell you something. I'm gay. (laughs) (laughs) And they said, well, you never have come out to us, but uh, we grew up with you, we knew.
3: Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the funny thing. I think everyone kind of knew, um, like you said, when you were in school. Mm -hmm.
1: uh, But did they know? Because again, we're talking 10 years ago or so. Um, trans issues really just started to make be um, a, a, a topic that's in the general public. Mm-hmm. Did they know or did they assume that maybe you were a gay boy or uh, a lesbian girl?
2: Well, uh, I came out as lesbian first, okay. so when, okay. tra- when I began my transition, the ones that I chose to stay connected with, they were the ones who were like, oh, yeah, we, yeah. That okay. makes more sense mm-hmm. okay. in, a, in a way. Okay. That's okay. more so how it was with them. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much how my story situation was. Okay. And
3: I was always assumed to be um, a lesbian. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's true. Really? It's true, yeah,
3: I was definitely. I mean, and it's, so did, it's did, funny so now. but
1: so people have <laughs> always had this perception that you were female.
3: Yeah. Yeah, wow. I was always like, either you know, oh, you're you're such a you're a very elegant, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, thanks. Like, I mean, <laughs> well, I didn't I know didn't how to. Well, I see that.
0: I mean, yeah. when somebody transitions, they don't get a new face, Mm-mm. most of the I time. Mean, you know, <laughs> well, essentially. <laughs> I mean, it's essentially, and you're Some very do.
3: <laughs> Well, you know, this is the thing I tell people. You know, genetics. And not genetics, but like, um, well, yeah, genetics. Like when it comes mm-hmm. to, you know, my ancestors and my parents and my grandparents. And, you know, I'm from Louisiana. So, you know, we, we get, well. Black don't crack.
2: That too. <laughs>
3: um, but like my, my Creole culture kind yeah, of carries yeah. through. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I have a, a quite a blend of things going on in there. So I can't help. My aesthetic, and mm-hmm. you know, it just—it right. is what it is. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. But I'm thankful for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know. Well, we're both glad that you all are shining and visible. And yeah. uh, next week is the
2: National Trans Day of Visibility. Is that yes. correct? Yes. yes. Tell yes. us what, the, what, what What is that? TDov is our day. It's the day that we show up. We show that we're here. We're alive. Um, TDOV is super important because the representation matters. I think even more so now with the ability to have more youth being able to come out. I think about my my situation and my journey and I was the first person in my family to go to therapy, period. Um, so that changed the whole dynamic of my family overall. Um, I think maybe afterwards my father ended up getting into therapy for other issues that he had from being in the military. But I know with my mom, my sister, my grandmother, I broke that barrier to going to therapy and I did it as an adult. So I think back on what what would that have looked like if my family was more prone to mental health Mm -hmm. early on and we were able to have the resources early on and I was able to identify early on what exactly what it was. I I love to be able to see now youth come out and have the resources that I didn't have because it's like that's the whole point in us being Mm -hmm. visible, those of us who are older, and so that way that you don't have, the struggles, some struggles will be the same, but certain ones just don't make sense because we're repeating certain cycles that, that just shouldn't be there. So TDov is super important because of that. It's the day that we show up and we say, "Hey, no matter what anybody says, we're here. We're alive. We matter, and we're not going anywhere. We've been here for a while. We're gonna stay here."
1: All right, absolutely. You know, either one of you could uh, fly under the radar as stealth. Mm -hmm. Nobody wouldn't even know if you didn't say anything. Has that ever run through through your mind? Like, you know, I don't need to be associated with any group. I don't need to tell anyone that I'm trans, unless, of course, I'm intimate with them. I can just live my life and, again, I can fly around this stealth.
3: I mean, so, when I first transitioned, um, I did not realize stealth was a thing per se. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the women that saw me, I say saw me for me, when I, I first came to Dallas, she I didn't know she was trans and she later disclosed to me that she was. Um and, you know, we, we became friends and we're friends to this day. But that whole idea around navigating um as stealth is it's kind of jarring because mm-hmm. it doesn't navigating as stealth doesn't change the fact that you are still trans. It changes the fact that other people may not know, right. quote unquote. But for me, per se, let's say you know I'm navigating as stealth as apparently a lot of people think that I do. Um, however, you know if someone Google's me mm-hmm. or you know I, I, I pop right up. So there's you know it's not necessarily that I operate in a, under a stealth radar. You know, everybody so then, is
0: stealth to some extent. Right. Unless you walk up to somebody and say, hi, my name's Jade Ladoff. I'm a transgender person. Right. And yeah. then disclose well, right. right. everything right. else. Right.
3: Who does that? Nobody right. does Nobody, that. Right. But Nobody. The, but the idea is that because trans people exist, that we now have to um, disclose everything about ourselves to make someone else comfortable. Mm-hmm. Which, And then when you the do they, that,
1: then they're not comfortable again. Allegedly. Right. Allegedly. Right. <laughs> no, but you're right, you don't, I mean, it's the same thing with being gay, you know, I don't walk up to everybody, hey, I'm Lauren Landis, I'm, I'm a gay man. Yeah, um, or I'm a gay man,
3: I'm black. I'm black, like, Or, right, or right. you know, or, or just your whole, your whole rundown, right. whatever is not
1: visibly known. Right. It's, not, it's not always necessary. I don't right. walk around with a flag. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was just curious about that. Um, how, how you all navigate being visible and being private at the same time? Yeah, it's jarring
2: though. It's I is. think I was stealth by default for maybe a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first started my transition, I did Everything under the sun for advocacy, like panels, talk. I did everything, and then as years passed on, I'm married now. I have a daughter. Oh, so congratulations! So I, I was going through um, getting my degree. I, it was a lot that I had going on, so I just wasn't doing a lot of advocacy work. And so in that, I had other people come like, "Oh, you're trying to live a stealth life," and I was like, "No, I'm just trying to get other aspects of my personal life together." That you know, I'm still active. I'm still out here. I'm still open. That's not you know exactly what it is. So in that. sense, I think I kind of maybe went stealth by default, not intentionally trying to live, like, you know what I mean? And that kind of is what it was. It wasn't...
1: I can still relate to to what you just said. Um, I'm married. I have a kid. But if I am out with my daughter and my husband is not with me, people will just automatically assume I'm married to a woman. Mm -hmm. And I've had to correct several Mm -hmm. people, like... You're just assuming yeah. that's right. a, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, I get mm-hmm.
2: that. Yeah. And you can still, you, I think you can, we can still live our lives and be proud about it and just not every five minutes or every single second of the day have to be out and be open like that. That's not, to me, that's not just... Living, living in this way is not every every aspect of my life. I still have not. other parts of my life Absolutely. that I thoroughly enjoy. Absolutely. And I, I think back to when I was getting my degree and I was speaking with someone. And I was like, you know, what's what's something that you could give me that I could take away before I get up into this neighborhood? Like, find what you like outside of this. Because if you don't find what you like outside of this, outside of your career, then this is all you're going to do is your career and you won't have a life. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think about that and living, you know, living as a trans person in that aspect. Too yes I'm this but I'm also this 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 too. I also enjoy these other things. Yeah, it's a so, part of who you are. Exactly. Not I'm total. Of who yeah. You are. Right, so. Right, right.
0: Well, right. most of what you do is just normal things that everybody else does. Exactly. You really? don't go to the supermarket, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. and buy trans food. You don't. We right. do.
1: Right.
3: The, you know, the the biggest trans food consumed i'm just kidding there isn't a thing but you know if i said one of those if i if i said something you know then all of a sudden it'll be in next uh next week's sermon yep. you know don't buy dot mm-hmm. dot dot because right. it's a trans agenda oh, fruit
1: or mm-hmm. or if you eat it you'll turn trans right mm-hmm. yeah, right yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, you know so. how it yep. works right right we need to take another break
0: you're <laughs> listening to lambda weekly on 89.3 kano and fm I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with LaRon Landis, and we're talking to Jade LaDuff and Mick Rose from Black Trans Advocacy Coalition. We'll be back with more right after this.
3: Hi, this is Patty Fink, and you're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM.
0: We are talking to Jade LaDuff and Mick Rose from Black Trans Advocacy Coalition. They have their annual conference coming up April 25th to 30th. What's the website, if anybody's interested in attending?
1: Uh, Oops, it is btac.blacktrans.org. Btc, I'm sorry, btac.blacktrans.org. Okay, great. Um, And so it really is a fun
0: conference. Um, Most of the workshops that I've attended, Mm -hmm. it's like, ooh, we're talking about such and such. And then they and looking at me, and, I, and then they've said, Yeah, it's just David.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, David is a uh, staple at the BTEC conference.
1: So, what, what, what are some things that are, again, the conference is broken up over what, three or four days? Five. Five days, okay, so that's a
2: lot of events going on. Yeah. Can you tell us about some of the events you're looking forward to? I am looking forward to Trans Manifest, which is our open mic where we have talent of all walks come and show us what they have. Um, that is on Wednesday night, and then I'm looking forward to the awards gala. Uh, the awards gala is something that's dear to me because I was able to get my first award from the community from BTAC. Mm-hmm. Um And that was in 2014, I was awarded Rising Star. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, we get to dress up real fancy. Everybody wear their tux and stuff like that. Oh, that's uh, awesome. But just being able to be celebrated. Yeah. Be celebrated and recognized from our community is a different type of feeling. So the Awards Galley is something that I'm looking forward to this year as well.
1: So look, going back black Black Trans Manifest? Yes, trans-manifest. So, you so said open mic, just for mm-hmm. singers, poets, what, what, everything? Yes, everything. everything. Singers, okay. poets,
2: uh, you have any type of artistic expression that you want to bring and step up to the mic, the mic will be on.
1: <laughs> awesome,
2: yeah. awesome. Now,
0: during the day you have a number of workshops, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and these are some statistics that I got off your website, which are, are just terrible. Um, of the black trans community has experienced unemployment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's not just being in between jobs, that's a period of unemployment. Mm -hmm. 38% have experienced poverty, 42% have experienced homelessness, 42%, 53% have experienced sexual assault, 67% have had run-ins with the police and police brutality, and 34% report poor health care. Now that's not that doesn't mean poor health care because their insurance didn't cover it. It's when they went to the doctor, they got
1: treated terribly. Yeah, absolutely. Those, yeah, those, those exactly, are insane that's exactly what numbers. Yeah. Insane.
3: Yeah, and it's just exacerbated by the things that you know we are now experiencing with this you know what rampant. the legislature is doing mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. rampant attacks on you know trans kids trans families trans folks Um and when you look at the grand scheme of things like trans folk in relation to the whole population of people such a small percentage mm-hmm. of folks that well, it's growing or just yeah well you know
0: we're doing a good job of indeed. recruiting
3: indeed <laughs> we are recruiting you know anyone you know Blacktrans.org, okay. But I think that it's, it's so mind boggling that so much effort and energy is going behind doing everything they can to try to erase a, a community of people.
0: You know, this family that I met this week, mm-hmm. the parents love their kids, mm-hmm. take care of them, pay for the health care that uh, he needs. He's at Booker T, he's not on a sports team, so he doesn't have that irritant to worry about. Mm-hmm. Leave them alone, right. they're taking care of their kid right. and they love their kid and their kid is happy and well-adjusted.
3: Right, there's so, there so many other things that we can be spending tax dollars and resources on like the children that are you know, unhoused in Dallas there's a significant amount of unhoused youth in Dallas. There's mm-hmm. a significant amount of um uh youth that are in need of um additional um health and wellness support. There's there's veterans that are without, you know, housing. There's there's so many other communities of people that are really in need of support and the legislator is saying that you know, we want to focus on trans people and trans kids and trans families because why? That's yeah. what I, I don't. I still haven't figured out the why.
1: I don't think anybody has other than just a flat out uh, bigotry. I just,
3: but I want them to say, like, if that's the case, let me know.
2: It's let not, me not even know. a focus thing to me. I think it's more so just about a control. And it yeah. reminds me of a situation that I went through getting my name changed. And it was uh, the the longest drawn outest process. And um, it's I'm an adult. This is me. This is what my name should be. And having to just even go through that process was, it it really put, it it, it showed me how much other people would rather control. How long ago
0: did you have your name changed?
2: Oh, I had my name changed in 2014. Okay, so 10 years ago. How
1: long did it actually take, the process? A couple of months? Oh, yeah, it it,
2: it took about close to about eight months. Oh, from, wow. from filing the paperwork from with it. the court, then having to wait and go back and forth to get the court And where did you dates. have it done? Dallas County. Yeah, that is Dallas. Yeah, yeah Dallas County. Now it's, and then, it's a lot faster. Yeah.
1: Dallas is the good county and yeah. always has been. And that took eight months? Well, in yeah, 2014. A, yeah, it's yeah, 2014. yeah. this is years but, ago though. So. But, but, but here's the thing, name changes, trans or not, right? that's a common procedure. It is. I mean, people change their names legally yeah. all the time. Yeah. For all it's kinds re- of reasons. For all kinds yeah. of reasons. That's, yeah. it's, shouldn't even take eight
2: months. Yeah, it took no. a while, yeah. When yeah. I wow. did mine
3: in Dallas mm-hmm. it took um, just as long as it took the the fingerprints and whatnot to come mm-hmm. back. So it was really I guess
2: like two months, mm-hmm. and I, my yeah, that's official a, yeah. That sounds more like yeah. It, no, it, took, yeah, it took me a while. Really, yeah, it took a long time. Yeah, and I remember it because I my job, my employer at the time was next door to the courthouse. So I was, I was going on my lunch break, trying to figure out what's going on with my court case. Wow. Yeah, it was a lot, and then but just that even that feeling of going, you know, presenting to the judge and hey, this is what I and you get in a situation where if you say no as a judge, if the judge says no, then that's it, and now I have to come back and do it all over again. So right. even this just that aspect of certain parts of having to con- having certain controls over other people's lives is right. in- and what's in place like this doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. But you know, I think the
3: city of Dallas is a lot better now, thank yeah. goodness. I think they got some good they have a good system in City of Dallas and in um where is it? Austin? Yeah. I think yeah. San Austin San Antonio. Yeah. Um, San Antonio, I'm sorry.
0: Austin depends on yeah,
2: which yeah, judge you get. Yeah, I
3: take that back. That's everywhere though. San Antonio.
2: <laughs> yeah. Technically, you um, know, yeah. when you think about it, that's Good really point. everywhere. It depends on what judge you get. When well, you mention Austin, San Antonio, Dallas. you
1: Dallas, know, all of them are big metropolitan areas. Mm-hmm. So I just wonder, and you all don't have to go into details if you want, but just generally, you know, the, the, the list of horrible numbers that David was uh, uh, Telling us a minute ago, mm-hmm. have you all had to experience any of that, or has you think it's been curbed because you are in a metropolitan area?
2: Mm-mm. Not at all. No. no, I don't think it's been curved. Um Me personally, I haven't. Um, but and that's that's a blessing. I don't want to take take my previous situation in that away from anybody else. But I personally have not. Um, and that's you know. That's just, when good. your family that's accepts
0: good. you and you're just part of a family, some of those problems like homelessness don't happen mm-hmm. because you will have a place to live. It might not be your your own place for a period yeah. of time, but how many families throw their kid out?
3: I mean, or they do. Like, I experience homelessness. I mean, even mm-hmm. having an affirming, you know, accepting family, it wasn't something that I felt like my pride wouldn't allow me to tell my family. Like, my mom didn't know until a few years ago Uh that that was something that I experienced. And a lot of people don't know or may not have known that that was something that I experienced. But I think that um, there's an assumption Uh that because of how people navigate the space that you see them in, that they don't experience the things that we talk about in some of these statistics, right. like unemployment. Yeah, I was going to say, even,
1: um, even having a, 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 a confirming or embracing family yeah. that doesn't, that, you know, some of these other things are already in your control. Yeah. Police brutality, yeah. Yeah. Um, assault. Yeah. Um, employment, um, whether they, it prevents you from getting a job or once you get the job and they find out you're trans, yeah. then yeah. they fire you. You know, So uh, this other stuff can still okay, happen.
0: Okay, so about a year ago, I did a story on uh, a trans person who works for one of the major banks, mm-hmm. and the bank had pitched the story to me because despite all odds, she's been successful here, mm-hmm. and so we're I'm interviewing her and Okay, so they hired you and you had experience and a degree in exactly what it was that they needed you to do. Right. Against all what odds? Uh-huh. Why, you know, I'm glad that you're happy where you are and I'm glad that they're supporting you, but against what odds? Uh huh. Uh huh. So going into it, an employer very often. You know, we have great employment policies, we have non discrimination policies, but that person is trans. Mm-hmm. Right. So, what, what is that person going to be like when they work here? Mm-hmm. Well, they're going to be like any other employee if you let them.
3: Right. 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 And I think that that just goes to show you why it's so important. And you mentioned earlier, Mick, that representation you know matters mm-hmm. you know being able to see people you know in mainstream media mm-hmm. in the news you mm-hmm. know as um, you know a reporter or someone that's covering different um, you know award shows or whatever the case may be just being able to see the reality that trans people exist in that they're in every aspect of our lives every
1: aspect of life
3: so it's not abnormal mm-hmm. for us to exist. It's not abnormal for us to, to do normal things like everyone right. else, right. because we're people.
1: All right. You are normal. So, so um, going back to the uh, actual conference, are there any um, speakers that you're looking forward to, or any topics that are going to be brought up that you're looking forward to, or do you think is important?
3: Uh, I am doing a keynote this
2: year. Nice.
3: You know, I'm very modest.
2: <laughs> well deserved jade well deserved so um the
3: keynote is going to be at the the luncheon um and i'll be doing the keynote for btwi
2: okay
3: um and just really excited about sharing um my life's journey and um just some takeaways for the folks at the conference so it's something that i'm really looking forward to
1: all right all
3: right uh and
1: what your other So uh, just other um uh, other workshops or just oh. topics that you might be um excited about.
3: Super excited about um I always like family uh, fun day.
1: Yeah, um, tell but, us about that.
3: Yeah, family fun day. It's like a big family reunion. Mm-hmm. So we all get together and we go out to this private ranch and you know, we have like Texas barbecue and oh, nice. play games and like there's outdoor games, there's, you know, animals. It's it's just it's such a fun
1: time. It sounds like fun. Now when you say family, are you talking about your immediate family like your spouse and your child? Family, family. Or can like your parents or cousins come? Yeah. I mean any I any, any family can yeah, come. Yeah,
3: typically I mean, from the family fun days that I've been to it's it's been so great to meet, you know. People's families, like other trans folks, that's awesome. Kids yeah. and their spouses, and you know, um, pets. You know, mm-hmm. so it's it's really a great opportunity, and it's like a big family reunion.
1: That's so right. Great, you're
0: great. talk space. show host. I'm sorry. And you might bring your radio talk show.
2: Yeah, host Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, you we guys. You guys are come, because you're family. You, oh, thank
1: yeah. you. Absolutely, thank you. you. Too.
3: <laughs> and don't forget about the late Patty thing.
1: Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> so. The conference is next month. Mm-hmm. Is there to, uh, do you have to get
2: tickets or you just show up? Or how, how does someone attend if they want? So our registration is now open. Uh, you can visit btech.blacktrans.org uh, in order to get tickets uh, for the overall conference. Our workshops are free, so if you want to come and just, you know, step into a workshop session, those are free. Uh, basic registration starts at $35, uh, and you can get those tickets online and our nightly events as well. Um, but, yeah, if you visit the website, you can get more information about just how to attend um, and kind of line up your schedule.
1: And registration is still open. I we got time. Agree. We yes, will yeah. do
0: that. Um, We have a couple of minutes, about a minute more. Um, What do you want people to take away from the conference?
3: You know, I think I've said in this conversation that we've had, if I haven't already, that the conference to me is like a life changing experience. My first conference um, was something that I never knew that I needed, but it's something that I'm so glad I experienced. Um, to, to be around so many people that look like me, and, and sound like me, and have been through similar journeys as me, and um, it's, it's just nothing like it. It's a, it's a life saving, in my opinion, it's a life saving, life altering conference. You
0: know, with all of the nonsense going on in the legislature and legislatures across the country, That's the term that keeps coming up, that treatment for kids is Mm life-saving, that adults transitioning is Mm life-saving, the suicide rate is through the roof, Mm -hmm. the murder rate is through the roof. Um, It's all life-saving. Yes. And it doesn't cost anybody anything, and Mm -hmm. if...
3: I know it's hard to make it make sense, David. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to make yeah. it make sense. If it's
0: not something that you care for, go away. It doesn't right. affect yeah. you. Right.
1: Right. Right. It's the
3: definition of insanity. Yeah, yeah. trying about, to
1: prove. Yeah. And what about you, Mick? What what, what 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 do you want people to take away from
2: it? I want our community to take away the fact that they're loved. Oh. You mm-hmm. have people like that are really around, that care about you. If you don't have that family with your biological family, you have a family with us. Mm -hmm. It's important to have community. It's important to be around brothers and sisters, cousins. It's important to be around people that are not there to judge you, that are just simply there to help you, to let you know that you're not alone. And I think that's the biggest thing with, with, Violence, you know, brutality—things that we're experiencing just in a lot of sense in a lot of situations because people feel like they're alone. So that's the main thing with the conference—that's the goal with the conference, just to let people know that you're not alone on the journey. And so when you come and you commune with us, that's what you—that's what—that's the whole point. Um, is to let people know that we're here and we see you and we understand, and you never have to feel like you're invisible.
1: Oh, I and think that's. We great. are out of time. Thank you all Thank so, you so so much. much. Yeah. Good to see you again, Jade, and nice to meet you, Megan. Yes. please come back. we do. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you.